Hello, and welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. At GVC, our mission is simple. It's to love God, love people, and love life. This year, we want to reach further into the glory and the presence of our God and experience Him like we never have before. This year is going to be different. Can you feel it? I know you will be blessed by the message and the word that God has for you today. Here we go. All right, let's get right into our message this morning. Thank you for our online audience that's tuning in. I'm Pastor Tony Umber. Just so glad that you're here to join us, and God is doing some amazing things. Why don't we just invite the Lord to join us this morning? Obviously, again, uh, it's Him that's doing the talking. I'm just the mouthpiece. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity to share the Word of God. We thank you that you're faithful, that at the entrance of your Word, it brings light, and therefore, this morning, God, we're going to hear directly from heaven. And I thank you for what you're imparting and that it changes our lives from this moment forward in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, today we're starting a brand new series and it's called, You Can Get Anywhere From Here. You can get anywhere from here. Now, the summer season is quickly coming upon us, right? And when summer comes, what happens? People decide to start going on vacation, right? And when people go on vacation, you know, there's, there's two kinds of people that start to make preparations to go. There's those kind of individuals that plan everything out. They pack everything plus the kitchen sink. They've got it mapped out, GPSed out, and they, they know exactly how long it's going to take to get there. And when it comes to the time to leave, it's like we are leaving at 7 o'clock, be in the car at 6.59, go to the bathroom. We're not stopping until we get there. That's, that's me. Anybody like me? A few of you, all right. Then there's the other ones that they just say, you know what, we're on vacation, and we'll get there when we get there. Let's just enjoy the scenery. Come on, let's just, let's just. And then you realize that you're going the wrong way, and then you start to do the math in your head. You're like, I'm a half hour out of my way this way. It's another half hour this way to get back on course. That means I am now an hour behind schedule. And then as you're traveling down the road, you're about an hour away from the campsite, and you're like, you know what, I could be there by now. I could be setting up, and we could be having s'mores here in just a little while. But no, we had to take a wrong turn. The wife didn't tell me which way to go, and it's her fault, right? (laughs) It was never, it's never her fault. In my house, I'm always the one that's wrong. Any guys relate to that? All right. So anyways, uh, there's, there's something that gnaws at you when you go the wrong way. But wherever you're at, maybe you feel like that this morning. Maybe you feel like you've just been going the wrong way. Maybe you're just thinking, dear God, there's all kinds of trouble. There's all kinds of things in the horizon. There's all kinds of doom and gloom. And I just don't know which way is in, what, which end is up. Or maybe you're here this morning and you say, man, I'm just excited. And there's just all kinds of opportunities ahead of us. But whatever the case is, wherever you find yourself, whether you feel like you're on point or you feel like you're lost, wherever you're at today, you can get anywhere from here. And so once again, you might think, dear God, I have lived my life and I have just wasted time. But I'm here to tell you that God knows how to redeem the time and he can get you where you need to be because you can get anywhere from here. Amen. All right. So I just want to share with you just a couple verses here. In Psalm 37, verse 23, it says the steps of a righteous man are directed and established by the Lord. So once again, you have to understand that it doesn't say that everybody, it says 
the righteous man or woman. So in other words, the person that has a relationship with God, their steps, they're directed and they're established by God. And then in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, and I know the plans, this is God speaking concerning you. He says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you uh, and that you would have no harm and plans to give you hope and a future. So once again, you might feel like you're stuck today, but God says, I know the plans that I have for you. It's a future and it's a hope and I will establish your steps and I will give your direction in your life if you will just simply allow God to do that. Amen? Amen. And so wherever you're at today, you can get anywhere from here. And so today I'm just going to simply start with laying the foundation of some things that are ahead of us. We're going to uh, talk about some different paths in which God has directed us so that we can live this life that He is ordained for us to live and with that being said you know when you think about just our steps being ordered one translation says it this way concerning psalms 37 the bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the lord and instantly that starts to mess with our religious bone it's like yep see that's what it's all about that's what religion and church is all about just giving me orders and that's just the way God is. He just orders me around and I got to do whatever God says I got to do. But do you realize that that's not what God's desire is for you? But in fact, God says, I've come and I sent Jesus so that you can live your life to the full. He said, I've come that you might live life to the full and have a life lived to the fullest. But you know, if you was to ask most Christians... That's not the definition they would give you for a Christian life. They wouldn't tell you that, oh man, serving Jesus is to live the life to the fullest. Praise the Lord. No, in fact, most Christians would say, you know, when it comes to serving God, it's really doing those things that I don't want to do. I wish to do some things, but I can't do them no more. And uh, there's some things that I have done, and I just got to stop it. And so we think of it as the form of do's and don'ts, if you will, as though God's just ordering me around and taking all the fun out of life. But once again, the Bible says that Jesus came so that we could live life to the fullest. Can somebody say amen? amen. So Jesus did not come to give us a form of religion of do's and don'ts and religious duty and hoops to jump through. No, God came, that, or sent Jesus rather, so that we could have a relationship with Him and experience life like He intended. Let me read from, you, you will know this scripture, but let me read to you John chapter 10, verse 10. It says, The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He says, I have come, Jesus is speaking, He says, I have come, that you may have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Now, let's just pause for a moment there because when he says the thief comes, he's talking about the devil. And once again, if you don't realize that there is an adversary that we as believers war against. But how many of you know that the war that we fight is one that has already been won? We just have to fight the good fight of faith. And the fight of faith is a good fight. But the thief comes to steal, 
kill, and destroy. So what is it that he's coming to steal? The number one thing that the devil comes to steal is the word of God from your life. And we'll elaborate on that in just a little bit. But if he can steal the word of God from your life, then he can kill and destroy. He says, now that's what he's coming to do. But he says, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Let me read a different translation. The translation in the common English Bible says it this way. The thief enters only to steal, to kill and destroy. He says, I came so that you could have life indeed. And so that you could live life to the fullest. Does everybody say fullest? Jesus said, I came that you might live life to the fullest. And how many of you know, once again, that that is not the definition of too many Christians. But now let me just challenge you with this. Jesus said, I come that you might live life to the fullest. But we as believers have oftentimes taken what Jesus said or commandments that God has made and have made them optional rather than mandatory. I said, oftentimes we as Christians, we live this life uh, having it optional in terms of how and what we do versus some of the things that God said in regards to them being mandatory. So what am I saying? He says, Jesus said that I come. In fact, we sang about that this morning. I am who you say that I am. Do you believe that? Or is it just still trying to figure it out? Or is it still circumstances that are really defining your life with God? No, we've sang it says, I am who you say that I am. I am forgiven. I am, I can't remember the other lyrics. Not forsaken. Help me out. I am chosen. I am who you say I am. <laughs> That's all I can hear in my head. Yeah. Amen. So you are who he says you are. And one of the things that he said is that you are a child of God. Therefore, you are to live life to the fullest. But we live this life as though that is an option rather than a mandate from God. So God wants you to take serious the fullness of your life. The joy is your joy full this morning. If your joy is full this morning, then that means that you're taking his mandate seriously. But if you're saying, man, I don't know, man, I'm really struggling this morning. or I've been struggling this last week. Well, then you've made it optional. When it comes to your finances, are you struggling? Are you barely getting by? And I'm not talking about poor decisions. I'm just simply saying, have you just succumbed to the, this life that, you know what? I'll just never have more than enough. I'm just barely getting by. Well, if that's the case, then you have made what Jesus said was mandatory, optional. When it comes to your marriage, how many of you know that marriages don't always work? You got two people there. But in regards to what Jesus said, he says, I've come that your marriage could be lived to the full. Amen. So that means that this life can be a whole lot better than what we've been living. And if we'll get serious about this life being full, man, I'm telling you what, we will be a sight to see. Praise the Lord. Amen. Here they come again. Man, I love just seeing them come because they're always smiling, skipping, laughing. Man, they're just always looking good, smelling good. Come on. Why? Because, man, I'm living life to the fullest. 
And that's what God desires for us. And so depending on wherever you're at, if you're saying, I have not been living life to the fullest right now, then let me tell you, you can get there from here. Where you're at today, you can get there from here. And no longer are we going to live life being optional, but living it as though it is mandatory before God. And the fact of the matter is that Jesus paid a great price for you to have a full life. Now, let me ask you the question. I, I just want to get real with you for a moment. Why have you justified the life that you have been living? Why have you justified your attitude of just settling? You know what I mean. There's those areas of your life. This isn't in my notes, but it just seems right to meddle in your business right now. How come you've just kind of sat back and said, well, you know, it's good enough. Marriage is good enough. The finances are good enough. Well, I'll always be sick, but I guess I can manage. Why has that become optional to you? Rather than living life to the full. Well, maybe part of it is, is because you've never really known how much Jesus loves you. Or I could say it this way, how much God loves you. Because if you knew how much God loves you and the price that Jesus paid for it, we would no longer live life as though, well, you know what, if I, if I do, I do. If I don't, I don't. No, if anything, we would say, God, I want to honor you. Are you seeing the difference here? Because I said religion comes and says, well, there's things that I wish I could do, I just, but I got to stop them. Or there's things that I don't want to do, but they tell me I got to do it. No, that is not this life to the full. God says he wants you to experience it because he paid a great price for you to live this life. Can somebody say amen? amen. So what do we oftentimes do? We oftentimes build this life based upon things that we like and that we enjoy. And maybe it's just because of we're creatures of habit and most of us are this way. But have you ever noticed that those things that you thoroughly enjoy or maybe things that you've been good at and so you start to build a life around that, it starts to derail because it begins to take a place of priority. Do you know what I'm saying? There's things that we have allowed in our lives to become first place. And then what we end up doing is we start to set God to the side. Rather than living this life of balance to say, you know what, I can work a business. I can have a career. I can have a family. How many of you know uh, uh, that if you have, we got one that's, you know, working on what? You working on like a, a baker's dozen, right? That, I mean, <laughs> well, they'll get there. But just because you have a lot of children, God doesn't intend for your life to be identified that I'm just a parent stuck at home because I've got all these kids and I have no time or no effort or energy to do anything else. That's not balance, right? God wants you to say, hey, listen, I can do what you've called me to do. I can be the best mother, the best father. I can, I can uh, be a soul winner. I can do what you called me to do and still have an awesome relationship with God because there is a balance that we bring because of what Jesus came to do. And here's one of the things, and I want you to hear me. And I know this always falls on deaf ears in the seasons of life. People will perk up when you say them in the moment that you say them. 
but they forget them when the seasons come. And as a pastor, we have been in ministry for almost 30 years. And I have never seen anybody that has allowed those passions and desires, those things that they really invest their life into, that's caused them to put God to the side for a season, even if they achieved all their dreams and ambitions and expectations, it never amounts to the things that they lost in their life because they put God to the side. Are you hearing me? I have seen family after family after family on the junk pile of Christianity and of life because they pursued another passion without balance and simply put God to the side. Now, I know right off the cuff we say, well, yeah, you know, I love God. And yeah, God's first in my life. I, I mean, he's supposed to be anyways. I mean, uh, uh, well, in theory, he is. I mean, but but after all, I got a life. I got to work and we got to have fun. And, 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 and so, I mean, it's not like we want to be this Jesus freak, right? I mean, uh, no, that's the life that Jesus said, the fullness of life, doing it with him. And with him, God never said you had to give up. He said, I sent Jesus so that you could have life to the fullest. Are you getting it yet? And you can get there from here if you're not experiencing it. Let me share another verse with you that you are very familiar with. In John chapter 3, verse 16. John uh, 3, verse 16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Now, let's just break that down for a moment. The Bible says that God so loved you. The Bible also tells us that it's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. A relationship without the knowledge of God's goodness is simply religion. How many people do you know that go to church periodically or maybe again it's just real sporadic. Their life doesn't have any evidence of God in it even though they would call themselves believers. Now that's not to make a judgment. My point is this. Is that they've had a form of godliness or religion but they've lacked the experience with God in their life. In addition to that it also goes on to say in verse 17 he says I came not into the world to condemn or judge the world but that the world through me might be saved. So here's something that we also have to understand is that God isn't saying I just love the believers. He's never said well once you come to me once you receive me I'll love you. He says no I love you and if you'll come to me I'll forgive you. Of your sins and you'll have eternal life. He says, but also I want you to know. I didn't come here to judge you. Because I came for everybody. And you've got to hear that. If God is going to move in this hour. In this season. In the local church. In the local or the hour of the local church. How many of you know that not everybody's going to look like you that comes to church? You might have somebody that is the homosexual. You might have somebody that is cross-gendered. You might have somebody that is, is, is uh, dirty and stinky and impoverished or whatever it might be sitting right next to you. 
And Jesus said, I didn't come to judge them. I came to love them. Amen. Amen. And upon receiving me, they'll receive forgiveness of sin. And I'll begin to do a work on their life. And they'll live life to the full. Amen. And so God's wanting to do something in our lives so that we can come to know him. Another verse I want to share with you in John chapter 16, verse 27. It says this. It says, for the father himself loves you dearly because you love me and believe that I came from God. I want you to hear that this morning. God loves you. Not because of Jesus. Not because of what Jesus came to do. He doesn't love you through Jesus. He just flat out loves you. He's desperate to have a relationship with you. Because he loves you. Come on. How many of you know that if God truly loves you, he must have an amazing plan and purpose and future for your life? How many of you love your children, but you don't care anything about their future? How many of you would say that I, I love my children, but I just leave them alone and let them fend for themselves? No. You do everything in your power to prepare their future, don't you? Man, you save for the future. You put clothes on their back. You put food in their belly. You prepare for college. Whatever it is that they want to do, you want to make sure that they have all the advantages in life that you didn't have because you love them. How much more a heavenly father, if you'll do that for your kids, has God done that for you because he loves you? God wants your life to be fulfilled. And if you don't feel fulfilled in your relationship with God, you can get there from here. This is the beginning. This is the time that you can say, you know what? It's time to make a right turn. Because I'm going to live a life, the fullness of what Jesus came to provide and give for me. Say it with me. Say, I want all that God has for me. Say, today's my day. Amen. He's desperate for you. And so once again, I want to challenge you, don't make optional what God has made mandatory. He wants to have a relationship with you. Now, that being said, he gives us direction in knowing him. That's where we begin to discover the kindness of God's love. We find that God loves us and begins to give us some instructions. And so this is the foundation of what we're going to begin to look at today. And that is the intersection that we find ourselves right now. Number one, you'll never venture down that road. You'll never step out in faith. You'll never step out into the unknown of what you can't see or experience or trust in your own ability if you don't know that God loves you. If you're not convinced of how much God desperately loves you, you will never step out in faith. Because when the going gets tough, you'll say, no, nope, I tried it. But I'm going to revert to what I know. And I can probably do a pretty good job myself. So, we're purposing to step out and trust God. And experience His love on this journey. But there's also something that He's given us to help us in experiencing this love. And it's found over in Hebrews chapter 10. Now, once again, I said that this is very foundational. 
So hold on to your seat, all right? It gets real simple. In Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24, it says, Let us think of a way, or of ways rather, to motivate one another to act of love, or to acts of love and good works. Verse 25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together or the assembling together, as some people do or have gotten in the habit of doing, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Jesus is coming soon. And one of the things that he said is he said, now, one of the ways you'll get direction for your life, one of the ways that you'll be able to experience life to the full is through this path or this avenue of the local church. And he says, now, don't forsake the gathering together or the assembling of yourselves together. And it says, when you're together, there's encouragement and exhortation that comes. Listen, how many of you know that when it comes to that Scripture, that is not an optional scripture, that's a mandatory scripture. And there's too many churches and too many believers that say, that is optional for my life, rather than it being mandatory. And people say, well, you know, what am I not gaining? Because I can watch church online and thank God for the avenues by which we have to minister to people online that are either sick or they can't get to church or whatever it might be. We still have the opportunity to expand our reach and to love on people. But notice what it says. It says, when you assemble together or come together as individuals in the body of Christ at the local church, you find and receive encouragement. Well, I can just do church all by myself at my house. Tell me how you're going to get encouraged there by the other people in the church because they're at church while you're at home. It's impossible. And how many of you noticed that in this hour and in this day, we need some encouragement. We need to be able to prime the pump for some other people because, man, they're being overwhelmed and overcome by the fear of what's going on. Oh, come on. Let me encourage you. God is greater than that which we're facing. God is able. God will make a house call to your life. Come on. It comes through in the encouragement of assembling together. There was a time just a few decades ago where people was the, the norm of the pattern of life is that we just went to church on Sunday. But how many of you know that the statistic says that basically one week out of a month, people will attend church? Now, that's not to be judgmental. Once again, please hear that. But in order to have life to the fullest, we've got to do that which he set before us. Not living optionally, but living a life that he says, this is mandatory. Does that make sense? Now, once again, I'm not, if, if you're sick, stay home. We make light of this, or we can, or it can seem like we're making light of sickness. No, listen. The sickness and stuff that's going on is real. So be smart. Use wisdom. We still believe in a, in a healing God, but use wisdom. We have some uh, pastor friends that one of their staff people decided to come to church while he was sick. Well, I just got the sniffles, and I'm thinking, dude, you, you're in bad shape. Well, come to find out, he had COVID. He just decided to tough it out in faith, praise the Lord. They had to shut their church down for two Sundays thus far. Because two-thirds of their church got COVID because of one knucklehead that just thought, well, I'm going to come to church anyways. I've got faith. Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? 
You might have faith, but you also got to use wisdom. All right. Why? Because we live in the world. Well, sorry, we didn't mean to get on a tangent there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. So what's God wanting us to do? He's wanting us to be connected to the local church. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says that Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it. Once again, he said, I gave my life so that you can live life to the full. But it's also connected to the local church. Psalms 122, verse 1 says this. He says, I was glad. Everybody say glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Now, why in the world would somebody be glad in this hour to go to the church? Because they know that God's there. They know that the body of Christ is there. They know that it's going to help give me an edge on this life to live it to the fullest. I'm going to receive some encouragement when I go there. And unfortunately, too many people wake up on Sunday mornings and ask their feelings. Do you feel like going to church? And they say, I'm not glad. I'm sad. And therefore, I'm not going to church. No, listen. You've got a purpose to encourage yourself, but also hold yourself to a standard. Lord, you said you're going to meet me there. In the Old Covenant, the Bible says that God met Moses at the place of meeting called the Tabernacle of Meeting or the Temple of God. The Tent of Meeting, yes. Amen. So when I know how much God loves me, I want to go where he's at. And when I go where he's at, my life is fulfilled. I have one more point that I'm going to make, but I'm just going to ask you to stand with me. And I'll keep my point brief. And here's the point. Why is it so significant to go to church? Why is it such a benefit for your life? It's because when you come to church, Jesus shows up. And one of the most significant things about church is the preaching of the word. And the word of God is the map of success for your life. Now, as a pastor, I do my diligence to study and prepare and get ready. But here's the thing. You don't come to actually hear me talk. You come to hear what the Holy Spirit wants to say to you. And let me just say from personal experience. Some of the most significant times in my life. And some of the most life changing moments in my life. Was when I was in a service. And something was said. If you was to ask me what was the sermon I could say I have no idea. But I remember when this was said, the Holy Spirit started to talk to me. And my life is a series of moments with Jesus, just like that. Where I came together to be with God's people. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. And wherever I was in the point in time of my life, it set the course from that moment to get anywhere from there. And so God talks to you. When you're under the sitting and the preaching and the teaching of the word. Come with excitement and anticipation. 
to know that God loves you so much that he is going to minister to your heart. And when you say, man, that was good, pastor. Listen, I, I always appreciate the good message, pastor, but I really want you to understand that if something stood out to you or it impacted your heart, it wasn't me talking. It was the Holy Spirit that quickened your heart. And that's what God's doing in this hour. He's taken us to a higher place. And we're going to get there from here. Amen. So stick with us. Keep coming. Press in. Be committed and faithful to the process of what God's wanting to do in your life. And just allow God to stretch you and mold you and shape you. And even when it feels uncomfortable at times, let God Continue to mold you. How many of you know it's not always comfortable? But oh, it's so good on the other side of it. Amen? So come back next week as we start to talk about some of these paths to get there. Because we can get anywhere from here. In Jesus' name. Amen? Would you close your eyes and bow your head? Let me just pray a prayer over you. Those that are watching online, let me pray for you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus. I thank you for everyone that's under the sound of my voice, but more importantly, under the sound of your voice. I thank you that you're quickening our hearts today. You're renewing our minds. God, we are not going back to the old ways of living. God, we're stepping over into the new way of living, and that is living life to the full. Oh, God, we so expect to see a significant shift in change. Oh, our joy level is increasing. Father, every aspect of our life is increasing. Peace and comfort. God, I thank you that, Lord, our health is increasing. Because we're going to that next place. Because we can get anywhere from here in Jesus' name. Well, that's it. Do you feel the glory? Do you feel the filling? I know you do. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and come back next week for God to move on your behalf again. Want to know more? Check us out online and our social media, all from our website, gvchurch.tv. We are Genesee Valley Church, loving God, loving people, and loving life.